this session is being recorded for another episode of Generation Zennial with Keith and Vinny here to talk more about crazy things that are going on in the world around us. Keith. Because <laughs> everything's crazy, isn't it? Everything, everything is, the world is crazy, but the world's always been crazy. We're just here to make sense of it all. We're, we're trying at to at least, least try. make sense for ourselves, I guess. At least try to make some sense of it. Yeah. This has basically become a therapy session for Keith and I to just rant for an hour and uh, ho hopefully you guys enjoy listening to it. You know, it's, I, I always forget the term, you know, the, the concept of like when you start thinking about something like that same thing appears multiple times throughout like the week. There's like a term for that. I forget what it is, but how we talked about the transgender athlete issue last week, it appeared so many times for me in the following week. Like, yeah, I, I maybe there were posts. Yeah, I'd see people were posting TED talks about it. So you're a little more attuned to it, maybe. I there I never heard there was a term for it. I'm sure there yeah, is. Yeah, there there's a term. I forget I've heard about it a couple of times. But yeah, it's like this just like that whole the the whole concept, and especially that petition that we talked about, it circulated more than once and other articles came up. And then a friend of mine from high school, like on defense of transgender, put up like this uh TED talk of intersect uh, a person who's intersex and like just going into more detail about stats and things like that. And it was just a amazing conversation. And it's just funny how it's all cyclical and like it can, and it's not, it's stop. It's still can do it going on. even with the uh, confirmation hearings for the education secretary. Yes. Mr. Cordova from your great state of Connecticut. Yes. Um, Rand Paul got on his, got, had a little, uh, had a little hot take this, this week. <laughs> um, I'm sure you, I'm sure you saw the video because I sent it to you. <laughs> well, I, like I said, I, I heard it on NPR in the evening news. They they played part of it, and that was one, the first time I had uh, heard it. And the, the issue I have with it, um, with Mr. Cordova's answer, is that he didn't he didn't answer the question properly. Um, if you don't know, Rand Paul, um, his question was basically, "Do you think it's fair for boys to run against girls in track meets?" Obviously, in the state of Connecticut, we talked about this story last week. Um, there's a, a lawsuit. And even um, I can even go into Betsy DeVos threatened federal funding um, due to Title IX, some BS that she was trying to claim um, that she was going to withhold federal funding to Connecticut because of it. Um, but basically, his, his questioning was, do, or, you know, do you think it's fair for boys to run against girls in track meets? And the answer that it should have been given was boys are not running against girls in track meets. Um, to call transgender females boys, number one is incorrect Hugely transphobic yeah it's it, i mean that and it, it was a good opportunity to embarrass Rand Paul, um but the nominee was up there being very polite and and trying to be very um so i'm looking for cordial you know he's being um, he was trying to be he's being he was being very uh he's trying to ride the line it. he's trying to ride the line exactly he's being politically he's trying and, to line and, and when people like Rand Paul, you can't you, yeah, you, and I understand he's you know he's up he's up for he's up for a, a nominee for a secretary, so you're trying to be kind of respectful to the to the senators. But somebody like Rand Paul, you just you just got to slap him in the face like his neighbor did, and and say no, like boys aren't running against girls in track meets. What are you talking about? You're an idiot. Like you're aren't you a doctor? Like embarrass the man because he needs to be embarrassed. Like that's that's basically what it comes down to. Um, the correct answer would have been boys aren't running against girls in track meets because then his answer because then this is right this is a chess match now because then it, you, you think what, what what's his response to that going to be it's gonna be like well 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 they are because this, this and, you're, and you're like no that's 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 transgender female which aren't boys like I, I know sex and gender might be a little confusing to people like you but 
this is this is the deal. <laughs> like boys are not running against girls in track meets. And then because he brought up the, you know, what a what a is it fair for a six six two boy to be running against like a, a five four girl? And the correct answer to that would be, well, do you think it's fair for a six two girl to run against a six four girl? And if if that's not the case, like should we should we start having track meets based on size and, and weight class and well, generally speaking, you're not going to have a six-two person running against a five-two person in the same event, anyways. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, just start, especially, yeah. in, especially in high school, right? And all like, things equal, like if you got a six-two person against a five-four person, yeah, clearly there's an advantage because they got long legs. But usually, that six-four person is going to be running the hurdles. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but, you know, you, you get my point. I know, I do get your point. But and also, yeah, in high school, you know, you got someone that doesn't hit their growth spurt until like their junior year. And, and versus someone that hit their freshman year, like or even before that, you so they, have totally, you have, yeah, they I mean, you have high school so un, uh, high school so unbalanced because you got yeah. you know your different people's bodies mature at different times, just naturally. I mean, I in elementary school, I had a friend; she was six one in sixth grade. You know, right. well, <laughs> it's you like, know and, and then she stopped; like she peaked out, but she's been tall ever since. Yeah, um, people assigned birth to female tend to mature a little bit earlier in. in um, that's just genetics. That's just biology, I should say. Um, but, but yeah, and then, and then another retort to that would also be like, well, would you want um, a person who's assigned female at birth, who's been taking hormones to to transition to be a male, to wrestle um, other females? Do you want a boy wrestling a girl? Then is that what you want? Because that's what's happening down in Texas, where basically boys are winning wrestling events against, against, against girls because they're forced to compete at the, the gender they were assigned at birth, which also isn't fair. So what, you know, what, what do you want here? Like, and what, and what about in places so where just, there, there is no female wrestling and the female, you know, people that are, um, identifies you know, female they have to wrestle with the boys because there is no wrestle the boys all the time right and, and, yeah they, when we're wrestling is especially in places like i mean te- i'm wrestling pretty big in texas so they do have girls division right but in but, new york and connecticut but in new york they, connecticut they don't, they don't. They, it's not widely so and, to begin with or or so if, not, or if they, they want to be a kicker on a football team you know <laughs> or, or like football teams like there's no there's no woman i mean there is a women's league out there but it's not you know in high school level there's no high school football team so any girl that wants to play football is playing with the boys has to correct so so, so i it... mean so there's 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 but the, my, my my issue with with mr cordova um answer was that he didn't he didn't answer the question correctly in my mind right that that would have been the better answer for me to to, co- to shoot back at Rand Paul. there aren't boys running in track meets because transgendered females aren't boys like that's transphobic and called him out on it and i think it would have been a good i think that would have even got even more press and kind of been you know right although i think people, i think part of it is a little bit more he probably also was like from cordona's point of view i'm just i'm playing devil's advocate here yeah, uh, yeah. you know he's like you know what ramp we all know Rand paul is crazy at least part of us do and he's like i just want to get confirmed like i'm just want to get through this hearing but he's not Rand paul's not gonna vote for this guy regardless right, right. but but Most my point is like Okay, let Rand Paul talk. I'm going to give my answer, and we're going to move on from Rand Paul, so that way we can get through the confirmation process and just yeah. Which is no, I get and, that. And also I take a break from the Trump era where everything has to be a hot topic news story instead of just. Well, like, I think okay, this is a hot topic, right? Keith? No, no it is. is a, no, I think I, mean, I think standing up. I think standing up for those rights would have been would have been a really good moment for him. What, what I mean is um, the confirmation shouldn't be a hot topic. Like let's get. Yeah, but it's, confirm- it's but we can bring this issue up later on once he's in office. It can do something about it. 
he can't do anything during confirmation hearing. Well, that was the besides, question. Besides, right? besides like, Paul, you know, will you uphold? What, because basically, you know, Betsy DeVos, when she was an education secretary, said that we're going we're going to withhold funding from Connecticut for 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 doing this. And right. we, are you are you going to follow those protocols? And he kind of was wishy washy about it. Where I would like to see him a little bit more like firm on that and say, yeah, listen, I'm I'm from Connecticut, and like this is this is this was unfair, and no, like this is not this is not the way we're going to do things. And to your point, you know, he, he should have gone into that knowing that was going to happen poorly. too. He didn't answer the question poorly. Yeah, he did, you know, he did mention transgender athletes and, um, you know, tried to say that, you know, we need to uphold everyone's civil rights and um, they have a right to compete just as much um, as anybody right. else. But at the same time, didn't really, wasn't really clear on his answer, like who, where they should compete, right? And that, and that that's what kind of bothered me about the whole thing. Um, otherwise, you know, he's probably going to get confirmed, right? yeah i don't see like this is, and this is definitely not going to make or break them i just thought it was an interesting story um because someone shared it on my facebook page who de- who definitely doesn't understand this issue and i commented back and didn't get a response so well it's because anytime you compact com- uh, comment back with like facts and knowledge and things and people don't understand it because you know as i keep saying and my wife like we've been having this conversation about this all week you know people people have a hard time with this because people want things to be black and white. They want it to be yes or no, one or zero. And, and especially with gender, they want it to be your boy or a girl and have a hard time understanding that there's a whole host in between. Uh, there's a spectrum of one to zero and, right. and, and, and nuance and they can't understand. And the problem with policy, they, oh, they always want to make policy as a very, you know, they, they want to, make a policy, you know, so like Rand Paul or Betsy DeVos, they want to make a policy that this is what's right and this is what's wrong and this is what you're going to do. And there's no room for interpretation. There's no room for grayness. There's no room for nuance. It's just, it's either this or it's that and nothing in between. Right. And they want to make the gender that's harmful to transgender people. <laughs> right. right. His, his, his whole argument was like, well, you know, I have a lot of girls in my family and it's not fair for them to have to run against boys. Again, they're not running against boys they're running against girls trans females are girls end of story yeah. correct like 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 i said do they have a genetic advantage because they were assigned male at birth probably but at the same time anyone can have a genetic advantage like 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 i said a 6'2 female has a genetic advantage against a 5'4 female yes that's it's just it's that's just the way it is that's this is why we have to this is why we split um, sports into genders, right? It's it, it is what it, it is what it is. So, and also why we split like other um, other like uh, fighting sports and weight classes. Yeah, and it, you know it does get a little tricky when you start talking about combat sports because I can understand you know the, the safety aspect of of that. Um, but at the same time, this is we're talking about high school track, right? We're not right. talking about we're not talking about MMA. We're not talking about boxing. even wrestling. You know, high school wrestling. We still split into weight classes. Right, and lots of things about because wrestling. Because you're not going to fl- have a 300 pounder going against a 125 pounder because that just not doesn't make sense. <laughs> be fun to watch. <laughs> squash match. That's uh, that's a, literal, be a literal squash match. Literal squash. And I'd be the one getting squashed because I was the 115 pounder. <laughs> did you wrestle? No, I did not wrestle. I Although my um, my doctor you were a fencer, not, right? You fenced. I fenced in college. I know that. Oh, you didn't fence in high school. No, I didn't. Uh, my high school didn't have fencing. I didn't know. <laughs> we come from the, uh, you know, the the working class suburbs of East Hartford did not have a fencing program. 
our, our, we almost I got bougie enough to have a college. And I was like, how do you get into like that? Well, you know what? It was, uh, how did I get into fencing in college? Um, I think, oh, you know what? My, one of my sweet mates, Eric Furman, was on the fencing team. I remember okay. And then uh, that, that got me into it. So, and then <laughs> oddly enough, and at the time, my at the time girlfriend was also on the fencing team. She joined. She, she, <laughs> this is one of the reasons why I think we broke up is because she wanted to do everything I did. Gotcha. Like she wanted to, like I was acting, so she wanted to be in the place. Like she wasn't a good actress, but she but, wanted to be there because I was doing. Like she wanted to do everything. I'm like, you don't have to do that. It's, well, yeah, so, being eight, being eighteen, nineteen years old is a, is a weird time for it like, is uh, in general. So, um, so so it was weird when I went because I quit and I came back to the fencing team and then she was still on it. So that was awkward. Yeah, <laughs> it was a little weird. Did you, did you jab her a couple times? Um, no, we did not. We did. Then. We we had different weapons. <laughs> Fair enough. Right? Did we do um, four weapons at the time? Yeah. No, because I was asked to, when the new coach came in, he asked me to come back so they had enough people on the team for a tournament. So I was like, sure, I'll come back. Yeah, so that, that would have been that would have been interesting to try. I, I wish I kind of tried more. I did, you know what? I did broaden my horizons a lot in college as far as you know activities go. But um, I went into college as a lacrosse player, thinking that I was decent at lacrosse, and I was sick of heart wizard. <laughs> division one school and then i found out that people down in long island and massachusetts play a much higher level of lacrosse than they do in the (laughs) valley especially in 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 the late 90s um we didn't really have a lot of teams to play against and i realized uh yeah maybe i'm not as good as i thought (laughs) and uh not to mention there was a lot of there was like four freshman goalies and i was I was the I was the fourth one on that list, so so that didn't help so, you out yeah, too much. Yeah, I lasted the, the the fall season. Went, you know, maybe maybe I'll try other things. Like, I mean, I kind of I, I regret not sticking with baseball through high school, because um, I think that could have been fun to continue doing. Well, that's what got me into lacrosse. Actually, I got cut from the baseball team in high school because we had a really strong baseball program oh. in in the area, I, um, and I just wasn't a good enough hitter to to make the freshman team. So. I mm. kind of dropped off of baseball and by junior year, I was just like, you know, people, I was a uh, hockey goalie and people needed, we needed a goalie on the lacrosse team. And people were like, Oh, you play hockey. And you know, like, it's, you know how to you throw your body goalie. in front you're of balls. You're not, <laughs> yeah, you're not scared of things coming at you fast. Like why don't you, why don't you try it? And I was like, okay. And I was, I only played for two years and I was decent at it. And then I went to division one school and went, I'm, I'm not as good as I thought. <laughs> But I, I just stopped doing it because I got more into the arts in high school and I just didn't have the time. You know, it's like, you know, time, time is a relevant thing. And if you don't have time to do everything, you got to choose something. And I, I chose music and theater and that's what I did. Worked out for you. Now look, look at your. Oh yeah, I did. But I still, big, I enjoy media, media I, studies guy. I enjoy athletic competition too. So it's, it's like, I'm the, I'm the geeky kid that also likes to play really hard. <laughs> Very competitive. I am I extremely competitive to a fault. Like even with just like bat pick up wiffle ball games, <laughs> it gets ugly. So uh, I thought I would talk about this more towards the end of the, the podcast, but sure. I think uh, I think we can transition into uh, the, the Super Bowl. Oh, the, no, we're not allowed to say that. We don't have the we we do not have. Oh, yeah. The big rights. game. The big game. Sorry, NFL. Don't sue us. Yeah, right. Do I have to edit that out? I don't know. No, I don't yeah. think they'll listen to it. Bleep. <laughs> the big game this us. Sunday, the the veteran Tom Brady against the young Pat Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes, which was my fancy quarterback for the season, which did me very what, what well. What round did you draft him in? 
number one. You drafted him in the first round. I did. And my friend, my my brother in law was like, "That's a bold move." And then like three weeks later, is like that paid off. <laughs> How how'd you do in the fantasy football? Um, I got to the I, third place. Yeah, that's where I finished too. So, I guess I guess it worked out for you, right? Yeah. I won the regular season. I lucked out though. I, I I drafted like Kyler Murray in like the sixth or seventh round. I think I was second place like, at the end of the season. That was a great pick. Yeah, but yeah, so a uh, so, uh, big game coming in. Uh, I'm not sure who I really want to win, <laughs> and I'm right, saying that, fair. and I'm saying that as a New England fan because I'm a Patriots fan. Okay, but and and I say that, and, and as a Patriots fan, most Patriots fans will be like, "Well, if you're a Patriots fan, you should go for Tom Brady." He's like, "Yeah, but I was a Tom, I was a Patriots fan when Butzo was there." Well, it's funny and you it, say that because I I just I was listening to a story on NPR before we came on about the the the, the big game, and um, they were interviewing Patriots fans. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of Patriots fans are kind of bitter about Tom Brady leaving the New England Patriots and feel like it's like a, like somebody um, likened it to a, to a breakup. And like, you don't, it's like seeing, it's like seeing your girlfriend with a, with being happy with another guy. And uh, yeah, I think for, for sports fans, that's, that's a, that's a big hit to your, to your ego. You know what I mean? Um, I I think that, I think they're just upset because he didn't do it other people like Favre when they left and then went to Jersey and just, Oh, sorry, not Jersey. The jets. I always think of the jets as a Jersey team. They play, they play in Jersey. I know. Be. I always call them a Jersey team. That's why Buffalo is the only real New York team. That's true. Um, you know, and then he just sucked over there. So like, you know, he was like, well, when, was on the jets. <laughs> when your top guy leaves, you don't want him to do well somewhere else, but. Like Brett, Brett Favre's biggest problem is that that guy just, just threw the ball whenever you felt like it. <laughs> did, not, had, did, not, did not care if, you know, if someone was covered. He'd just be like, you know what? I'm getting rid of this ball and hope hope my guy catches it. Um, and so, he had receivers in Green Bay. Well. Yeah, he had receivers in Green Bay. He didn't really with the Jets. And then when he went to Minnesota, he had, he had a decent year at least. Well, the Jets, the Jets have had a bad lineup and bad coaching for years. But that's what we're talking about. We're talking about Sunday's game. And like I said, I don't know who I want to win. Um, I just know in my household, my wife is going to be really upset if Tom Brady wins. She's a, she's a Jets fan. Okay. So she's a Brady hater. It's not easy being a Jets fan. So I kind of do feel bad for Jets fans. Um, I, I sympathize as, with them. As someone who roots for the Mets, like I kind of get that. Like, like that feeling like at least the Mets have had like some success. Like they've been to championships in the past 20 years <laughs> within, two, within your but, lifetime. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. When was the last time the Jets were in the Super Bowl? Was it the uh, 69? Yeah. I was going to say 63. <laughs> was it Super Bowl three or whatever? It was Super Bowl three. I think, I think it yeah. was in like saying 69. I guess that was yeah. the year that the Mets. Joe, Joe Namath. Was, wasn't that the same year? The Mets and the Knicks, I think well, they all, I think New York swept the, at least the, the, the three major sports. So, and then they never again. <laughs> yeah. Um, made a couple AFC championships games in the past 20 years or so, but that's about as far as they've gotten. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really have a, a favorite. Um, it's hard to pick. Like, the Chiefs beat my 49ers last year. That, that hurt a little bit. Um, so – I'm not happy about that, but at the same time, I'm like, well, you know what? Like back to back, that'd be pretty good. I do like Mahomes. I think he's a really cool player. I think I think um, Andy Reid's a good coach. Um, the Buccaneers have, I, I got to be honest, I keep thinking they're going to lose, and they they end up pulling it off. So, well, like you know, um, 
I saw a quote from the coach of the Buccaneers the other day. He's like, he just sits back and lets Brady do his thing. Like, that's the thing. Yeah. I mean, he's letting Brady, Brady do the coach. He's like, Brady, Brady call the plays. TV, if Brady doesn't go into TV, he's going to make a really good coach. Um, I don't, I don't think anyone can debate that. Well, I think that's a part of the breakdown that happened in new England too. And one of the reasons why he probably left is because um, he started having friction with Belichick and Belichick wasn't letting him run the plays the way he wanted to run them. Yeah. And, you know, if you got a quarterback that's been around that long, especially one that you've worked with, you, when do you trust him, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think Belichick's that kind of coach to trust anybody else but Belichick. Um, it's like, come on, he, he's won how many Super Bowls for you? Can you not trust him to call a play? <laughs> but he's also lost two against the Giants. So. Well, yeah, well, it's, it's just the Giants. Those are, those, are Gi- those are so weird, the Giants winning those Super Bowls. Like, the Giants are, like, the worst teams to win the Super Bowls, like. So uh, except for like 86, 86, they were pretty solid. Well, you know, it's but, like any um, given Sunday, any given Sunday, anybody can win. So is that 86? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, that, well, that's, what's going to happen too. Right. Um, the, you know, not, not always the best team wins, but um, if I had to choose, I think, I think that I would probably pick the chiefs. Like I say that since I, I say that reluctantly just because, like I said, I have picked against the Buccaneers the past two weeks. So um they proved me wrong, so maybe they'll prove me wrong again. Most What's likely, the, actually. I'm looking up the point spread right now because I'm curious. I don't it's know. It's kind of close. I hate when it's just not like uh, the line moved to uh, 56.5. That's the over? Uh, no, plus three. Um, warning, it was down to Buccaneers plus three. Wow. I wouldn't. I would They they started as a three point five underdogs, but Monday morning it was moved to three plus three for the Buccaneers. So it's it's close. I mean, plus minus three. You're talking a field goal for the win. Yeah. Um. Wonder why they. Wonder. Wonder what flipped it though. That's kind of a some someone in Vegas knows something. Well, I just think it's based, it's based off of betting patterns, like who's betting what. So they, so. they, they continue to adjust as bets just come like in. The, just like the stock market. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's just as mysterious. Another, another, another analogy by um, the stock market is just basically gambling. But um, It really is. Yeah, I know. Every, and this has kind of exposed it. And like, it's kind of weird that how that story just kind of died away. And like no one's really talking about it anymore. Well, it's because the stock also died away. I mean, the stock's coming back down again. Right, which is, you know, it's you know, going to be a temporary happen. inflation, and it's going to come back down. So, you know, people are trying to get that, rid of the money as fast as possible. Kind of, you know, you, you would think a story like that would kind of permeate and be like, because it it's kind of important. The way to, to, I, it kind of exposed the stock market a little bit, and I think that's why people are kind of shying away from it because, um, you know, the, the the people at the top need the stock market to 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 have some kind of legitimacy to to succeed. But um, you, you know, know speaking that I don't know speaking of shying away. I kind of—I don't know if you've seen this clip from Newsmax. So, uh, oh, the guy running away from uh, Mike Lindell. Yeah, exactly. The Mike, so oh, yeah. the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell. So you know, because Newsmax got is getting you know, um, Dominion is suing Newsmax for defamation over their. Did they go through with the lawsuit? Claims. Or they just, like, well, the, the threatening—I don't remember the threatening, threatening effort is issued, but either way, it was enough to make Newsmax <laughs> change oh, yeah. their tune. Because yeah. did we not talk about this? Did we not? No, talk about I don't. Because because the, um, the clip didn't happen until this past week. Yeah, that one. No, I'm talking about before that. Even though, like, the all like Newsmax and OAN were like on on 
on air reading these basically um these lawyer statements read like lawyer yeah read like lawyer um news, lawyer newsmax so. uh you know, supports oh, the yeah, election won. results. Oh, yeah, no, he won the election. No, sorry. No, all that stuff we said the past two weeks, th three weeks, eh, forget about that. We, uh, we're just good. Yeah, nope. um, no, the, 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 it was a legitimate election. No, no issues here. No, everything we said is, uh, forget about. You, you want to talk about the, about the power of the almighty dollar right but there? But they keep putting Mike Lindell on. But they should. It was so funny because he start as you soon think as Mike Lindell, Lindell starts to come on, like as a commercial. I don't know. <laughs> like, right? That's why they keep having Hol him on. Holding his pillow at the same time. Yeah, he's like, well, that was a that SNL skit was pretty good too. But, it was um, so hard to watch it though because like I'm watching it and they ask him a question and he starts talking. As soon as he starts talking about the voter fraud. The other anchor, he just starts talking right over the top of him. Yes, and so they're both but... talking at the same – and Mike's like yelling. He, Mike Lindell is yelling, and you can't understand what either one is saying. Then you can clearly clear breakthrough and hear what the anchor is saying about the you – know, he reads a statement. Then the third anchor, she, you know, the other anchor, she's trying to like stop it. Eventually, she gets everyone to stop. And the, 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 the male anchor, he finishes the question, and Mike's like, what? because <laughs> he didn't even hear the question he wasn't listening at all right and so then he repeats the question about like because it was about him being banned from twitter that was the, the question was. right it was about cancel culture and then and then, <laughs> and then as soon as he, <laughs> then then he started go back into it and so the guy's like hey can, can producers can we just cut this and get out of this and then he gets up and walks away <laughs> he's like i'm not gonna be part of this lawsuit <laughs> he's like they're not gonna get me they're not gonna get me for this it was great it was it was, it was just but the, the yeah the most ironic part about it was that they brought him on to talk about uh, cancel culture and they basically were like, well, uh, uh, we're, we got to can we got to cancel what you're saying right now, like, because what you're saying is ridiculous. And like, yeah, that's that's not cancel culture. And basically, no. Mike Lindell for going out and saying ridiculous things isn't cancel culture. It's well, I think saying, that's, you're not that's, allowed to say ridiculous things on my platform, Mike Lindell. Like, you can say all the crazy things you want, but you can't say them on on our platform because we're not going to be responsible for it. The whole, you know, it's a pattern of like the cancel culture, the uh, fake news, uh, free speech, like it's, you always see people on the far right taking this term and misusing it. Like, yeah, because there's no know, such thing as cancel culture. Cancel culture is not really a thing. They it's took the cancel culture it's, thing. It's holding people accountable for their, for their, for right. their actions. Oh, we're gonna cancel this person because, you know, it's like, oh, we're canceling Bill Cosby. No, Bill Cosby raped people. Yeah, Bill so Cosby canceled himself when, he's, when, he, when it came out that he was doing bad things. And here's a, and, and I had my own um, short, very short thing with this a couple of years ago with like having to deal with like, oh, someone you used to admire and now you like turn the table on them. Like the realization is like, I don't personally know this person. They're not my friend. They're not my family. They're, they're a celebrity. They're a personality. And if it turns out that they are also a, a, an evil person, like, I'll be upset for a minute because like I enjoyed their material and whatnot, but that, at the end of the day, it's like me um, discrediting them and deciding, okay, you know what, you are a bad person. Like, this is like Bill Cosby, like I grew up listening to Bill Cosby records. I watched the Cosby show many times yeah. over. And then, so when it happened, you know, it was, it was hard to be like, oh, wow, Bill, no, Bill Cosby, he can't be that bad. Oh, yeah, but then, but then after a while, it's like, and then like you hear everyone talking like, it's like, you know what? It doesn't affect me personally if I choose to say Bill Cosby is a bad person. Like he's not my father, personally, right? So it's like for anybody, if we're canceling a person like Mike Lindell, okay, he's a my pillow guy. I don't know him. 
not that I don't own a my pillow either, but um, they're terrible. Like, I've, I've, I I I felt I felt one before, and I was like, oh, and they just they feel like like little beads in a in a sack. They look feel like almost like a beanbag. And but but even if, even but if I did like even if I did, it's not like I owe him anything. I, I don't care. If, if you're gonna spew hateful things on a platform, that platform especially. Uh, uh, like we've said before, Twitter, Facebook, they're private companies. You sign a contract with them to use their platform for free. You're using it for free. You're not paying to use that. And they have the right to kick you off. That is their right. Well, conservatives love to complain about the free market when it doesn't suit their needs. But yeah. that's another, that's, that's, that's now, the, the real question is well, next time I turn on Fox News, will I see less MyPillow commercials or not? Because every commercial, every commercial break, there's a my pillow ad. Oh yeah, because he, 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 you know, it's his, he wears his cross and puts it out there and says, "I'm Mike Lindell." Um, but yeah, I just thought it was really ironic that Mike Lindell, they they canceled Mike Lindell when they brought him on to talk about cancel culture. That's that's, that's <laughs> hilarious. And basically, what, what happened was, if you don't know the story, he he got he got banned from Twitter. So what he started doing was using the my pillow account to. To use, to use that on Twitter, which is also against Twitter's terms of service. I think I think a couple like Trump associates got banned off Twitter for it because Trump, when he got banned, moved to different accounts and tried to tried to spout his, his, his nonsense. Um, and Twitter said, "Uh uh uh, can't do that." You got the reference. Yeah. Old school Jurassic Park references. Yeah. <laughs> Edry. Um, Nobody cares. <laughs> That's a good meme. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's basically all we have to say about Mike Lindell. Hopefully he'll go away soon. But. Yeah, because I don't want to give him more breath than he needs. I really just want to talk about the Newsmax segment because I saw it on the Daily Show last night. I just thought it was hysterical. <laughs> I was like, and that, but that, like I said, that shows the power of the almighty dollar for these companies. They're going to go and spew information because they're going to try to say what they can say to make money. They're trying to get advertisers. Oh, yeah. And as soon as something threatens their bottom line, they will change course. And this is not new for, for, you know, this is not a new thing. This is not just now. This is throughout all of news media history is that you are not going to have, you know, if you have, um, if you're running a newspaper, a, a radio station, a TV show, and your major sponsor, like, you, you, you know, Toyota is your major sponsor. And then they, there's a t- big Toyota lawsuit. You're not going to have like a Toyota commercial followed by a news segment about Toyota. Like that doesn't happen. In fact, even if they are going to run that story, they're going to make sure it's way separated from the commercial for Toyota because they want to. Like it's more of a recent phenomenon. Like maybe it's not. Thirty years or so. It's not though. I think it's it's just it's more noticeable nowadays because we're more aware of it. But I mean, it's you if you go back and I don't have any research in front of me to show this, but you know, you go back there early days of newspapers which were much more profiteering than they are now you know newspapers were almost there were, more the, tabloid. There were the way people got their news right <laughs> yeah there were the way people got the news but it's also you know um nobody reasons if, if you if you think about like uh william randolph hearst creating the spanish-american war you know he, yeah they created stories to make to print newspapers they yeah. created and they created a war to sell newspapers and he, so you, if you, if they're going to do that, you, on the other hand of it, you can probably say like, well, hey, they're our biggest advertiser. We're not going to run a negative story about them. And if we are, we're not going to put it on the front page. 
Okay. You know, so if, if the triangle, you know, factory that burned down is running a, you know, is advertising our newspaper, that story is not covering in the front page of our newspaper. We're going to bury it on page six. That's right. I just brought up the triangle factory. <laughs> Fire. Yeah. Going, going way back. Way back. Um, That's why we have fire escapes on buildings. <laughs> that's just another. Uh, this is another knock on capitalism, though, isn't it? It's just another way that, that that capitalism can can ruin a good thing is because everything's about the bottom line and everything's about money and wealth and and how it can uh, influence in your information, which is kind of scary when you think about it like that, especially yeah. when the, there's such a such a small concentration of people who hold that wealth and power. Well, that's why whenever I, whenever I talk about, when I teach about TV in class, I always say, what's the, you know, what's the purpose of a TV show? And, you know, people give a different answer. I was like, no, the purpose of a TV show is to make money. Yeah, Bottom line, it's to sell commercials. It's, yeah. it's the only reason why a TV exists. Yes, it entertains us and all this, but they were not going to exist if they're not selling Coca-Cola commercials. Like that's how we, they pay their bills. So if there are no commercials, there is no TV. Now it's changing a little bit nowadays because you have, you know, things like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon that have their own original stuff, but you're paying for that through the subscription, kind of like HBO. Right. It's more, yeah, it's, it's still so, make money, right? They're so, not, not going to put out. Oh, they're still making money. Out, they don't but, put out stuff just, just, just because they feel like it. <laughs> but it's, they're, but they're, it's, benevol- they're benevolent. And be like, it's, oh, they're not selling commercials though. Free, that's all. Here's free entertainment, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no, well, no one gives out free entertainment. You're paying for it directly instead of paying for it with commercials. Are you not entertained? And it's it's funny you mention that because I because of the streaming services and things like um, I guess YouTube does have commercials, but I get you can subscribe to YouTube Premium and, and not and not watch and them. get rid of the commercials, yeah. Um, but I think I think a lot of uh, younger people, um, obviously in, in generations above us, don't d- like really have a disdain for advertisements. Whereas I think people more our age who've grown up with it and you're used to it um, still don't like, I don't mind ads on YouTube. They're like usually five seconds long and I can skip them. Longest yeah, you can, like, yeah, wait three seconds, hit skip. Yeah. It's yeah, like 15 seconds. Like that's, that's fine. I can, I can watch a 15 second ad every 10 minutes. It's not a big deal for me. Cause I grew up watching television and you know, you'd get what, six minutes of commercials for every half an hour. So like, this seems like a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah. And I also know, you know, I acknowledge the fact that I'm watching this free service that I'm not paying for because of this commercial. So like the commercial exists so I can enjoy this thing without paying for it. Right. And when we say free service, obviously we're talking about network television and you know, cable's a whole nother story because you're paying so much for the infrastructure of cable. You're paying for the infrastructure, but you know, imagine if that seems to be going up and up and up and up. If there weren't commercials on it, you'd be paying a lot more for it. That's true. That's true. You know, Um, you'd be paying. And uh, I, I, don't even know what the numbers would be, but it'd be a lot and people would revolt. You would never be able to have TV. It just wouldn't work. Or you'd have to completely right. restructure how TV works from well, the ground most up. people and, wouldn't be able to afford TV, right? And what, right. Be, what would be the point of having it if, if only a few people could actually afford it? But, you know, the important part is like understanding what advertising is and understanding how it manipulates us. And now we're getting to media literacy here. Oh my goodness. Uh, Which is a great topic, I think. It I is. Love, I love this kind of I love this kind of thing. I actually um, when I when I was unemployed for the past couple months, uh, past couple months, almost a year now, geez. Um, I was I took a f- few uh, free courses about um, like digital marketing and and marketing research. And it's it's kind of it's almost scary how advertisements know how to manipulate people's psyches into 
into influencing them to buy products really. Cause not always, it's not, you know, there's, there's this free market idea where like the best product always wins out and That's like, not the best true. product is always, and it's not true at all. It's the, it's the, it's the most appealing product. It's the, it's the, it's the people who sell the product who are able to advertise those to you and to, to influence you to, to, to buy things. It's not always the best product in general. You know? I have a great sometimes, example sometimes for that. It's just a brand. Sometimes I, it's the brand name. Great, great example how the best product doesn't always win. We're going to talk about VHS. I know VHS yeah, doesn't a, exist anymore. That's a, that's, a, that's a great topic. For that, but, you know, VHS, yeah. uh, you know, was developed by JVC and Panasonic, I think, but at least JVC. Whereas on the other side, you had Sony developing Betamax. Betamax, hands down, a better product. Both tape-based, but Betamax, superior quality, better product, better build. Everything was better. A little more expensive but just a better product. VHS, less expensive. It ends up winning out because it's less expensive, but also mainly because of pornography. Because the home porn industry, the rental industry, because it was less expensive, they made all their stuff on VHS and that's what ended up in the rental stores and that's what drove the VHS market. So- I have heard that, and it's it's actually funny if you if you look back at the history of like technology through the last 20 years this is something that people don't like talk about because people get squirmish when you talk about pornography but in the background pornography has been pulling the strings along certain media like web streaming i mean you know they had streaming cams 15 20 years ago on websites because that's how yeah, they got the content. About that. What are you talking about? <laughs> but yeah, I'm just saying, like the, the industry pushes the, that there. But you know, there's the superior product lost out to an inferior product because there was a certain market of the industry that took advantage of the less expensiveness of it and pushed it out, and that took over. And now rental shops are filling their shel uh, shelves with more VHS tapes than Betamax tapes, and eventually it pushes Sony Betamax out of the market. Um, and then you had the fight again when it came to Blu-ray versus HD DVDs, and Blu-ray won out over HD DVDs. That in that case, did it have to do with porn? That time it did not have to do with porn. <laughs> um, I think Sony was just better. That time, actually, the better one I think did win out. Yeah, um, I remember that. Like, and I still only own like a few Blu-rays. To be honest with you, um, just because streaming services have gone through the roof the past. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't. I, have, the, I have the net. I have the Netflix, and I have the Hulu, and I have. Um, Disney Plus, so it's like why, why, why when am I gonna buy a physical copy of these things? Um, the only thing, the only benefits, if I really like a movie, I'll buy it for the commentary because I still do like listening to some commentaries. But um, yeah, other than that, there's really less and less um, reason to have physical media. I, you know, it's, I always have a back and forth about that. I agree because I, I stream everything nowadays. Although I did spend a couple weeks ago time ripping all my DVDs and Blu-rays that I have onto a Plex server, so I have them. So if I do want to watch the things I own at some point, because the downside of the streaming services is that you are beholden to what they currently have in their library. Right. So if there are certain them. niche things that you want to watch more often, it does make sense either. Well, so it's like, there's two ways of looking at it. Either you buy the physical disc and like you can rip it yourself and have it, or do I do what I've done with other things where you buy the digital copy on an online platform like a Google or an Amazon. So you own the rights to play it through their service, but then you're still, you need to stream it and it has to be there. Then what if that company goes out of business? But then why am I thinking yeah. about such a long-term problem too? 
how many times am I going to watch that? <laughs> then I go down oh, yeah. the rabbit hole of like, why am I thinking about this in such a hard way? And like, whereas if I, okay, yeah, I can buy it now for $10. I can have Sonic on my account and I can watch it 20 times because that's what I did. <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's $5 to rent, $10 to own. We're probably going to watch it more than twice. So yeah. Bye. Bye. It just, it makes it, it makes it too easy now, which is good oh, yeah. and bad. Well, it's, you know, that's, that's kind of the, um, the, the grift, isn't it? I don't want to say grift because that's, I don't think that's the right word, yeah. but that's the, that's the marketing strategy, right? It's like, the marketing strategy. Yeah. But the problem is when you have fragmented services. So like I said, you have Google, Amazon, iTunes, whatever your choosing platform is, you start buying stuff on one and then it make, they, they make it very hard for you to switch. Cause like I bought it on this service, which really just means I own the rights to play it through the service. It doesn't mean I own it. Right. I don't physically own anything and I can't say, you know what? I don't want to use Google anymore. I want to move everything to iTunes. I can't then just take that movie and move it to iTunes. Yeah, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Still really wary about, um, and I know it's not the same thing because you're, 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 you're downloading it, but not having a like physical copy of a video game. It's like, like how the PS5 has a digital only. Um... Right. And because even then, like you're only you're gonna have so much memory to put the games on. So if you have to delete a game, and then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh no, this, we're taking this off," and then you don't have it anymore. That's well, that's what happens, happens with my Steam account. Happens. Like I, I have, I have, I we look. I was having this conversation with my friends the other day. We were look, we were counting how many games we have in our Steam accounts. I was like, I've "Got a hundred some odd games in Steam, but like I can only download ten of them right now, because right. one, a lot of them are for PC, and I have a Mac now, and then also some of them just like." they haven't updated it to work with the newer chips. So I came in and use like play some older games because they haven't up, like they just haven't updated their library. Like the, you, that requires the game manufacturer to go back in and retool it. And it might not be financially worth it for them to do that. So yeah, you lose out on older games, but you wouldn't be able to play that on a modern computer anyways, unless you, they tweaked it. So I don't know, it, it's, it's a weird thing to wrap your head around, but I also look at this, you're paying for entertainment and it, you know, so say I spend 10 bucks on a game and I, or, you know, even 60 bucks, I play a full price for a game. I played it for 150 hours. I would say I got my money's worth. You get a good value. Yeah. Even if I can't um, download it, even if in 10 years I can't download it again and play it again, like I played it. I, I think I got my value out. Yeah. That's, that's, I mean, that's a fair point. You know, that's, that's way you got to kind of look at it. Like, did you get your value? Did you get your money's worth? I think it's just a, it's just a whole new way of thinking, especially for people our age, because right. like, we grew up with like, cartridges <laughs> yeah, physical things that you can yeah, and even those cartridges i mean with something we didn't realize at the time those cartridges go bad right like that's the same with discs discs go bad yeah cds go bad like yeah. that's something you don't even really think everything about, has like, shelf life you know yeah they did a, a dvd has a 25 year shelf life before it starts degrading yeah so even well, if you I buy the physical old, i think my oldest dvd right now is probably close to 20 years old so so yeah, even if you buy we'll the able, physical copy, we'll able to test that. there's only so long before that physical copy starts wearing away. I'm going to have to buy a new uh, Mulder Rats DVD. That oh was, man. That was, the, that was the first DVD I've ever bought. <laughs> I, I have that on DVD as well. It's a great movie. That's my, that's my favorite movie of all time is Mulder Rats. I'm not sure why. It's, I'm not saying it's the best movie of all time, but it's definitely my favorite. Harford, The Whale, this happens once, maybe twice in a lifetime. So it's like one of my most reference for you younger, younger <laughs> one of my most that don't know that don't that don't know the the Hartford had a had a hockey team. Yeah, right. I actually talked about that with one of my classes this week, and I was like, because we were talking about sports teams. I don't know how we got there, but someone's like, 
you know, one person's a Jersey person and one person's Islanders and like, I don't know, I'm a Whalers guy. <laughs> and like one person's like, I got a Whalers jersey. Yeah, there are like vintage Whalers jerseys out there. They are, like, yeah. Like That's because the owner retained the rights to the name, so they're That's able smart. to sell them. Well, yeah, um, which is smart. They went to North Carolina. North Carolina, they were the Hurricanes. They are the Hurricanes, yes. It was a sad year, 1992. God, that was that long ago, was it? Yes, it was. 92, really? 91 or 92. It's around then, yeah. I'm trying to think, because, you know, I'm playing the NHL games back in the day in the 90s. I could have swore they were on the 94, NHL 94. They looked that one up. Yeah, I am looking this oh, one yeah. up. We need the... The this audience is, needs to know. This is something we really need to know about. Is, is what this is the this is... Whalers leave the NHL and go to go to North Carolina. Oh wait, why does it say ninety seven? I'm looking. At, uh, years Hartford Whalers ninety seven actually. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, what? see, yeah, I later than later. I thought. I don't know why I thought it was earlier. Yeah, ninety seven. The only reason I remember that is from, and this is it's funny about sports too, because like obviously when I was younger, I used to follow sports a lot more closely i think you just have the time and energy to, to, to care about these kind of things like i was a big stat head and stuff like that and what kept me really like knowing all the players and stuff was was video games right mm. all the all yeah. the rosters back then we started to get into to licensing where all the video games actually had real life teams on them and you know i was big in the nhl series so i do remember the, the whalers being at least on 94 but i guess they were also in nhl 96 which is another great hockey game. NHL 94 is probably still one of the best hockey games of all time. I, I remember why, I, I know why 92 sticks in my head now. Because, speaking of ball rats, actually, because that was... No, that's right. 92, <laughs> 92 um, they were in the playoffs, and my sister was getting married that year, and I went to bed listening to the playoff game on my radio the night before the wedding. That's why 92 sticks in my head. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we used to... My, if we weren't in front of the TV, my dad and I listened to the games on the radio. Be driving in the car, listen to AM 1080. Yeah, hockey radio is is, is difficult Fast. to me. I'm not gonna lie. It's I guess if you get used to it, you can get used to it. Base baseball is probably a, a, a good sport that translates into radio, but. Well, you got a lot of time between plays. So, yeah, talk about. hockey's just so fast moving. Like it's, it'd be hard to keep up, like the imagination in your head, like what's actually going on. Like I say, when my friend does announcing, I'm like, I just don't know how you do it because like you need to know every player. And you just, you're just constantly talking, like, you know, this person, person. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, that's what always <laughs> impressed me about actually, like play calling and like hockey or basketball. Like going sport like that, which is um, how they keep up with what players are on the field and what who has the the ball or puck or whatever, and keeping up with that. Yeah, that's yeah. always kind of impressed me. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that you know they have a sheet in front of them with all the numbers and stuff. Oh, still, they do, but you still got to know them. But you still, you still got to you still gotta, you still gotta track know? all that, which is which is pretty impressive. You know, you know, if like you said, baseball is a lot easier. Football would probably be easier too, because like you know, the play lasts ten seconds, <laughs> so you have yeah. And you there's only so many people are going to actually touch the ball, right? You're not you going to have all the, or... the quarterback has it. He hands it off, or he passes it, and someone tackles him. Yeah. You know, and you know, and you know who's on the field when they start to play, right? It's not like right. It's not, it's not like, like a Mr. Person came off the bench. Hockey where you can get where you like you know line change on and off the the ice during the middle of the play, like that's so. Anyway. Man, we so, got yeah, to hockey. Good. This is amazing. This is a, what a circular uh, conversation places. today. Jeez, this is what we have, and this is this is called the post-Trump era. Oh, speaking of Trump, let's end it. <laughs> since, since I'm talking about good old ex-president Trump. Well, because so the, of the former president, the uh, the 
impeachment manager requested that, you know, sent the request for him to um, testify under oath either before or during the impeachment, and he has declined. Yeah, that does that really surprise me? No, it doesn't. It doesn't surprise me, but it's it's worth it's still newsworthy to talk about because yeah, he he wasn't gonna he was what's he gonna say? He, I mean, well, he, you he have to. Fold, he would fold under pressure. Like if anyone had, like you saw it when he was president. If anyone started to ask him anything a tough or hard question, he would he just folded. Like he has no idea how to deal with things like that. Right. Is, um, so being up in a stand could you, like on a, on a trial forget about it he has he's no he has no clue what he's doing he'd be he'd be lost he'd start he'd start looking it'd make it'd be a bad look because he'd start flipping out honestly you know he'd, he'd do what he does he just he would just start yelling and 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 calling out well, nonsense I and just making, making, making things up speaking of making things up actually let's let's get off of trump, screw trump if you want to get back to trump at the end i do want to talk about aoc for a second okay yes because this is something that, that that's, that's really right. You started talking game. about the before the show, and we never got to it. Right. Um, oh yeah, that's right. We did talk about the before the show. <laughs> we, we started talking um, about it, like like let's wait and talk about it later, and then and then we, we totally forgot about it. Um, obviously, AOC put her put her story out there on on Instagram Live. Um, told her story about what happened in the Capitol on January sixth. Um, you know, it was, it, I thought it was pretty pretty touching. Um, you know, she she seemed to have real like an emotional reaction to it. Um, and then what happens whenever AOC does something, people attack her and people started calling her out and calling her a liar because she wasn't in the Capitol building that was being insurgents against, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, which she never claimed to be. Number one, she never, she never ever said I was in the Capitol building at the time. She said that she was in her office, which is, which is near the Capitol. It's on Capitol Hill. There's a, there's a, people don't know, like I, I've never been to DC. I, I, I can look at a map and see that there's, there's a, there's an area called Capitol Hill and her, her um, office is located in that general area where there were people. And um, if you didn't hear a story there, there was a, a Capitol officer that came to, came to look for her. Um, did it in a very aggressive manner, I guess, and that kind of freaked her out because um, she doesn't know. And being a person of um, AOC's stature and and, and presence, um, I'm sure she gets a lot of threats <laughs> from people on the right. Um, mm -hmm. I, you know, I, that's, that's not that's not. I don't think that's going out there. I think that's pretty obvious to see if you read any comment section of any any Facebook or Twitter post about her. Um, people do not people do not like her um on the right anyway um vehemently and for reasons that i'm sure are pretty obvious it's a lot of a lot of misogyny um she's also a person of color so that that has something to do with it but um that being said people are calling her out and calling her that she's lying and she's making this thing up to to gain emotional points and without any actual evidence of her her lying um, I actually I got to a little little spat with somebody this week on, on Facebook about it, and um, yeah, your thoughts. I mean, first of all, because she shared more than that this week too. She shared about her previous yes, uh, yeah, sexual I, assault. So I I just want to acknowledge the fact that you know I'd like to it's it's a breath of fresh air in a the... modern era that people share these things because I think in the past like. It was always like you, you don't you don't talk about this stuff. You gotta you know keep it to yourself, keep it close to the chest kind of thing. Um, 
you know, is that old patriarchal mentality kind of stuff. Yeah, I think that's important. I just kind of wanted to keep it separate because people are attacking her over that too and kind of combining yeah. the lies. But, but I think it's, I think that. it's all, I think it's all relative is that, that she's open and honest about her feelings and how she um, felt during the insurrection. I, I think that's an important for her to know. And of course, it doesn't surprise me at all that people are attacking her and say, calling her a liar because people will try to discredit her at any moment. I mean, you, you you're always going to get people that just automatically will say AOC this, AOC that. Anything that's a liberal conspiracy, socialist, ideological, whatever it is, are going to be like AOC. They just, it's an e- one thing it's easy to say. <laughs> and she definitely puts herself out there because she's, she's, look, she's charismatic. She's very good with her words. Like she, when she speaks, she speaks, she says exactly what she wants to say. And she, she's and, very media savvy as well. Like, right. She's very she, media savvy. She, well, she's a with, millennial, with, especially with so right, especially with social media. Um, she 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 gets it and she knows how to get her message out there, um, without going through, um, you know, old old school kind of, um, traditional uh, media means. I guess right. That's what we're looking for. And um, but and she's also using it in a way that's like a good you know, versus some other people on the right that use social media to spread things. She's like using it just to speak with people, but not also. But she's not proclaiming policy on it she's communicating what's happening uh through with her social media like you said she's she's very savvy with it um and that's probably just more also just a generational thing because she grew up with it and knows how to use it um but like i said it doesn't surprise me that people are calling her out for it but i think it's important that she did it but and i'm gonna i'm gonna spin this off into like a an image i saw and it related to another congressperson uh, Congress Representative Green, who just was eliminated from her committees, you know, and there's that image of her, like her, one of her campaign posters of her holding a rifle with the images of the squad superimposed to the left of her on it. Yeah, and she's like, like literally made death threats against like people like Nancy Pelosi. And, so it's like, yeah. you know, and then she's like, oh, well, that was me before. That was a private citizen. Like, no, you put a picture of yourself on a poster with a gun next to three people, the people of the squad, AOC yeah, included. Oh, that excuses yeah. her behavior. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's, and that's, that's the thing. So it's like, and this is why I think AOC is speaking out too, because you have other people now entering the Congress with these viewpoints that are a physical threat to her while she's at work. Um, and then just, you, you have people very... that you have Congress people that don't want to go through the metal detectors to prove that they don't have a gun, that they're not carrying a gun into the, the, the floor of the people. I mean, come on. Are you, do you not feel safe enough or are you trying to start another insurrection while you're there? I don't know, but do you really need to bring your gun to the house, the house chamber? On, on the, on the actual floor. Yeah. I think right. there's enough people there to, to protect, to protect you if, um, if things were to have to happen. But um, yeah, I just think it's very telling just the, the fact that she, you know, she came out and she AOC this is, and, you know, expressed her feelings and, 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 and tried to give her story about what, what, she, how she was feeling that day and, and how, um, how dangerous these, these insurrectionists could, could have been and right. the emotional toll it, it took on her. And um, she just got, of course, just dragged by, by the right about it because I bet, but to call out and just make up and saying that she's lying about these kind of things just it just, it just goes to show you like I don't I don't know where where the bottom is right because I'm they they'll they'll say she's lying about things that she's not even talking about right well, she never a, said she was in the Capitol building but people are still like well she's lying she wasn't in the Capitol building 
and um i saw somebody like showed a map of like where the offices were and i'm like i, I don't know where the people's offices are and i don't think this person does like <laughs> or, or were you there that day and you have this information because you're an insurrectionist <laughs> yeah, i didn't think about that, that was, but yeah it, it, it's just one of those things like like geez like this person comes out and tells their story and 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 you know shares their emotions and shares their feelings about it and the, and the first thought is just to, just to just stomp on that and call you a liar because you don't you don't agree with their with their politics that's I, i'd have to imagine that aoc has a pretty thick skin i mean i yeah. think she probably knew what she was getting into when she ran for congress oh and, yeah i would hope so and i think she should take the advice i've heard other people that are on social media do if they get a lot of backlash just don't read it yeah, but I think that's hard for especially for a politician. It's easy for a celebrity. Yeah, but you that. know what? She can have because she's representing the people. So right. right so. But that's when you have a staff member read through the stuff and find the important things for you. You know, because yeah. also, do I want my representative? Not that she's my personal representative, but I don't want my representative spending their whole day on Twitter reading all the comments about what they said, because that takes a long time, especially when the people are commenting on it all day, and you got like a hundred or a thousand comments. Yeah, that's just a lot of stuff to sift through. She's paying staffers. You know, you have a social media person. That person's job should be to go through, okay, here's people just being outlandishly hateful and here's a legitimate gripe. And here's a legitimate person asking for help. You know, and then yeah, but I think, I think respond today's, today's day and age too, you have to kind of respond to these things because they can start to roll into something bigger. Um, right. No, I didn't say not to respond. Way. I'm just saying that she shouldn't spend there all day reading every single thing. I don't, think, I don't think she. I don't think she is. But because that. I, well, but but I, can, I am. <laughs> yeah, but you I mean, know. it's not every, every single thing, right? It's a, you're it's, not a representative. It's just, it's just a few, right. I got plenty of time. It's just these few things like that. It's just upsetting to me that that people will like I don't like I don't think people on the left need to make things up to make their points right and I think when there's there's this kind of pushback on something that that is just obviously you're you're making like you're just making up a story to 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 it's you're you're basically what you're saying you're calling her a liar based on things she didn't even say which which that that's what really right. gets me and then there you, you try to call as, as when i try to call something like that out and say that you like what claims is she making that you think are false mm -hmm. and then you don't respond to that but still think that like don't change your opinion on that i i, I just don't get that meant it's it's this it, is me again trying to trying to wrap my head around the way people on the right think because it's it's something that I don't know why I like to do it so much, but I, I, I do. It's something I just, it's, it's a psychological thing that I like to like think about. It's kind of like, kind of like, like playing a war game in your head. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. and it's just, sometimes I, I get a block and it, this is one of the things where like, I'm getting a block. Like you can disagree with AOC on, on policies and, and whatever, and that, that kind of thing. But to, 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 for her to come out and, and do this and then just say, no, no, she's lying. Like um, people were comparing her to Jesse Smollett. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get that. I just, I, that's where my mind just like hit, hits a wall and says, I, I don't, I don't. And, you know, is it, is it, is it misogyny? Is it racism? Because at least that, like I can, I can excuse and say, okay, well, I get why that, because it's misogyny and racism. Like you don't, your brain isn't working correctly. Um, but 
but when, when something like this, it just it just really it really kind of hurts well, me a lot. I think it's it's a triple threat for her. You know, she's a liberal, she's a woman, she's a person of color. So she's a, pe- she's a socialist. You know, so see, oh, sorry, she's a socialist. She's a person of color. She's a woman. So well, people, people on the, whatever. According, according to the right, you know how you know, you know how I feel about this. But, but I mean, you know, it's like so people that are on the far right, you know, that's like three strikes against her. So anything she says is just it's like the devil speaking, basically. I mean, and so like every, everything's a lie, everything's a falsehood. Every, so anything she's gonna say, they're gonna say, and that's how I wrap my head, my head around it. Is like they're just gonna fight against everything because they don't don't want to acknowledge anything she. She, they don't want to acknowledge that anything she say could be truthful. Yeah, you know, because because if because as soon as they acknowledge that she might be right about something, then she could be right about other things, and other people could be right about things that they disagree with. Yeah, and I guess and, they, and they're yeah, trying and they're trying to hunker into their foxhole and they want to stay in their foxhole and try to win the war instead of coming out and shaking hands and making peace. Unity. It's about unity. <laughs> Well, that was a good hour-long conversation. Yeah. And you have a real job to go to today. I have a real job to go to for those that don't don't follow me on 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 Facebook and Instagram. I got I got my job back kind of. I don't work it I took work for jobs. My, I work for myself now, but at the same job that I've been working at for 17 years, except <laughs> now instead of working for somebody, I'm I'm self-contracted, which is which is a little scary, I'm not going to lie. Um, yeah, that's a working, scary working one. for yourself. Um don't have anybody to, to fall back on anymore um it's it's, it's it's a different situation but i'm happy to be back it's good well that's good and everyone to have a good week you know don't judge people based on the fact that they're a socialist liberal person of color woman because yes. they could be telling the truth I don't know. and enjoy the super bowl even though i don't think the commercials oh you just said it better. you said it oh i said it again sorry oh, no. the, the game. we're gonna get NFL's, sued so bad it's gonna come after us I put it in quotes. I put it in in, in air quotes. I didn't mean it's different Super Bowl. I'm talking you mean about the, Super you, Ball. I said Super Bowl. Soup. I said the, the the ball that you bounce. No, the soup you know, or ball. You're talking the about soup the soup or, or ball. ball. Are you gonna have soup? Soup or ball? No, that doesn't make meatballs. I don't know. Meatballs. Super lots of balls. Game. Enjoy the enjoy it. Even though, like I said, the commercials. I don't. I don't think are gonna be as good this year because I don't. <laughs> oh, my don't dog's barking in the background. I don't think companies. Yeah. I don't think companies have the money to uh, to spend on like they used to, well, especially with the COVID. They don't want to spend the money on the Super Bowl ads. Well, so but, we have you know we have companies like Coke and Ford that actively aren't gonna do that, so they can spend their money on COVID relief. Yes, they're donating which, their money instead, which, which is, I guess is a good which is good a thing. Good. Which is also, by the way, it's an advertisement in itself. Yes, because you're um, talking about it, it's still advertisement. Yeah. WWE philanthropy where it's we only do things that are going to look good. <laughs> exactly. All right, everyone, have a good week. Take care. See you. Bye.